This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol. Here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. And we have a fun episode today because we are going to talk about willpower. And we're not talking about the anchorman on TV, Mr. Power. We are talking about (laughs) willpower. Yeah, yeah. And you were just alluding very basically to the subject of control and co-creation and cooperation. So I am looking forward to digging into this one. Yeah. What did you mean? So we think that willpower is something that you apply to something and if you can hold it long enough, it's going to make whatever you want happen. You know, that's without any of the new thought principles and anything goes with it. It's just willpower. And then what happens when your willpower doesn't work? You know, when it's whatever you're trying to make happen, which is another word for manifesting on this side of the street. What (laughs) happens when that, you know, is there something wrong with your will or is it a principle that does not work? And I think to the concept of willpower trivializes. If you're just saying, I want this to happen and I'm going to focus, we make a decision, we set an intention, and of course, your will is a part of that. But I think it's a lot of other things that go along with it that we need to be willing to cooperate with in order to make that thing happen, that manifestation happen. And, you know, we kind of talked about it off camera or, you know, before the show, that things just this don't happen. It's not that simple. Well, would you say it's simple, oh, but not it's easy? It's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. yeah. The interesting thing about willpower is, I'm not going to talk about willpower. I'm going to talk about optical illusions. So you go to the pool and they have one of those, the vacuums or the brushes and the pole goes into the water and goes down directly to the brush. But if you're looking at it, it looks like the thing bends at the surface of the water. Mm -hmm. And the optical illusion is because there's a change in the density and that's the focus. It makes it look like it's bent. It's not bent. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter how obvious it is to anybody who's looking at it that it's bent. It's not bent. Mm -hmm. Same thing when you sit in your car and you look in the mirrors and you don't see anything or anybody around you. There are blind spots. There can be things in the blind spot. And our senses can play tricks on us by having stuff appear and disappear, just because that's the nature of our senses. And the reason I bring that up is because willpower does not work. We don't manifest or create anything in our life experience using willpower. However, there is a fabulous illusion that goes on when we use willpower and it actually sometimes works. And the reason it sometimes works is because it is activating the creative power that creates everything, even though it might be somewhat inadvertent. 
And I'll explain. So I'm going to start by going over very briefly the notion in New Thought that there is one creative power that creates everything. The source creator, God, spirit, nature, big bang, the beginning there was darkness and void and God. It all started with the one. And everything that exists is the one taking new form. And it is all following a very specific and rigorous set of natural laws. There are not exceptions to natural laws. It's not like somebody's going to vote themselves out of gravity. It just doesn't happen. The principles are always in operation. And because the beginning was where intelligence all came from, there was that volition of the creator saying, let there be, and then there is. Or the Big Bang, for whatever reason, it started expanding or exploding. Everything that exists came from that one. So all of the intelligence, all of the love, all of the matter, all of the energy, everything in the universe came from that one creative source. And that includes every one of us. And it includes everything that's going on. And it includes the creative process. So what we say in New Thought is that we are activating that same creative law to create a new experience using that same process. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a new idea, a new thought, a new belief. And belief is actually really important there. And that new belief is going to open up a new channel in the law, and the law is going to create that stuff. Now, it can be what we call manifestation. So here's this wonderful stuff showing up in my life because I've set an intention for it. And it can work in the opposite direction. And a witness, I'm not going to make it personal, but everybody has a friend who keeps on getting into bad relationships, and they're all the same bad relationship, but with a different person over and over and over and over again. And that's using the same creative law because our friend who's getting into those relationships has a belief about the sort of relationships that she or he is getting into and keeps on activating the creative law to create another one and another one and another one. So the relationships are different. The process is all the same. When we think we're using willpower, what we're doing is we're bringing a new idea into our mind. We're setting our focused intention that this is the thing that I'm going to have. And as long as we're able to believe it, then by keeping ourselves entrained on that, we open up that new belief and that's what's activating the creative law. It seems like it's working. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that you said is about believing, you know, mm -hmm. it's like you're going to get all the way back to what you really believe. And no matter how far away I get from something, you know, sometimes I have to dig back to say, now, what do I really believe about this? And our mind, and this may not be the correct terminology or the correct way to articulate it, but our mind plays tricks on us. I forget sometimes that because I'm at this place, I do still have to go back sometime and check what I really believe because it's going to be influencing where I am at this point. Mm -hmm. And without that being conscious of that, you know, I said to somebody once, I protect my mind because I protect my belief system. And this is not in anybody's book. At least I didn't see it. But when I made a shift, it was big. And it mm -hmm. was very different than where I was before. And I have to make sure as I go along, I keep checking what I believe because those beliefs have come. They're still with me. You know, they may not be dominant, I call them pressed down. I would love to think that I flushed my mind of all the things that I don't want to think about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but your subconscious mind doesn't work that way. So I do protect what I listen to. There's certain kinds of 
audio and coming from certain places that I don't listen to anymore. It's not that I don't dislike the people or, you know, think that they're bad or anything like that, but it challenges where I want to go. And in terms of will, I think willpower kind of, for me, ends right there because I want to do this, but I have to be careful mm-hmm. and make sure that I kind of check with my will that makes sense. Is yeah. this matching what I want? I don't struggle really as nearly as much as I did, but I really keep in mind that there may be a lifelong issue there that certain times I have to just take a minute to check and see what I really believe. The same is true for everybody because we came up believing what we believed and we arrived in adulthood with a fully formed set of beliefs some of which we were aware of and a lot of which we are not aware of. And it is only by living our lives and watching what happens to us that we can get an understanding of what it is that we believe. And sometimes our beliefs are really, really powerful and amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I believe that I deserve love and I keep on having these loving relationships and wonderful friends. Or I have this belief in starving artists and I really want to be a musician, so I have to learn to live on a very low monthly income. Those are all things that are hidden in our belief system. You're talking about flushing your consciousness, and it's a wonderful visual. You know, you see, you know, climbing underneath your consciousness and pulling out the plug in the pan and letting everything that's in there flush out. And then you put the screw back in and fill it up with, you know, something fresh and new. And wouldn't that be great? But it doesn't work that way. It actually works more like blood transfusions. Because if you're giving somebody a blood transfusion, the worst thing to do is to drain all their blood and then give them Mm. some more. (laughs) It just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's, you know, it might seem easy, but that's not the way to do it. And the same thing happens when we're clearing our consciousness, is we can let go of something and then put in something new, and it all gets diluted down. And so it's a little clearer, but then we get to repeat the process and repeat the process. And as we get down into the nooks and crannies where the stuff has been in there for a long time and there's not a whole lot of movement and circulation, that's those are the ones that take the longest time. Mm-hmm. It's the same stuff. It's just hidden in different corners. Yeah. But I think it's important, you know, and we talk about this, be aware of it because it's not, doesn't make you bad or not smart. It's just being aware of it. I was thinking about something that I have absolutely no trouble with, and that's the body healing itself, or Mm -hmm. people call it faith healing or whatever kind of healing you want to call it. I have no problem with that. Never did. Never did. And so when somebody talks about some malady that they have, you know, it doesn't trigger anything with me except for, well, just, you know, these are the things you need to think about and then and it's gone. And I asked, well, now, wait a minute, you know, why are you like that? Because that isn't always in line with, you know, what I was taught, let's say. Mm-hmm. And about my mother, my mother just passed last year at 96. And I can tell you, honest and truly, I can only remember her being sick maybe twice and it was with a cold, you know, like once she had the flu and whatever. And she just had this thing about not telling you out of the Bible or anything. She just never believed you need to be sick. Oh, you ain't sick. That's going to go away. Or just, you know, just whatever. And so I came up with that. And it's like sickness is a small, trivial thing that you don't run away from 
And then I matched it up with faith and everything in new thought. And I'm like, hey, listen. This works. You know, it, it works. But it helps that I never had a resistance anyway in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I'm sensitive to how those things deeply in our subconscious could or definitely affects where we are now, positively or negatively. You know, I just talked about a positive thing. But yeah, there's probably some negative ones in there that I'm not going to confess. <laughs> Do we all know somebody who's always getting sick with something different all the time? Yes. Yes. Same thing. Yes. Same thing. Having a different belief that's planted and becomes active. And, you know, it's not like there's something wrong with them. It's just that that's what they're believing. And somebody popped into my mind, sweetest, sweetest person. But I'm like, before I am in their presence, I have to remind myself that they're going to bring this, they're going to bring this, and don't, <laughs> you know, I don't preach to them or say what you ought to think, but I protect myself against, you know, those things that I don't want to affect where I'm going. Because mm -hmm. I think I'm still building, you know, I'm still building the believing that releasing. <laughs> That's what I do sometimes. I say, you know, spirit, okay, listen, release this part, you know, I know I've probably been holding you back. So release this piece of energy or thought that I need. Whether it's right or wrong, that's what works for me. And so I protect myself against negative stuff that could go in there. Suppose it finds its way in there to some deep negative thought that I had that I forgot. No. <laughs> I have no time for this, you know, so I try to stay ahead of it. Does it always work? Mm, most of the time. Yeah. And the good news I'm is that the metaphor of lightness and dark works. So if you're bringing light to a situation and somebody else is bringing darkness in, all you got to do is remember that you're the light rather than trying to defeat them. Yes. So, yes. So yes, the, the, it's, it's not a fair fight, which, you know, good for, I'm going to say us, you know, <laughs> we who are taking the side of light. Good for us. That's not a fair fight. <laughs> well, you know what, then, you know, there's been a moment that I have, like I call, checking your ego. Now, are you being a little bit, you know, a little bit cocky here? No, not at all. I have this line that kids laugh at me all the time. And this is just the idea of sitting on the side of the road sad, or you've been slapped down by life. So you're sitting there on the side of the road. I've been there. I've been there. And occasionally find myself there, oh, not often, but, you know, in time. And I'm not an enlightened being and somebody that is so special that I know anything. It's just that, you know what, I keep going back to when we had the class on practical prayer and you talked about gratitude. I mean, that stays with me. I am grateful to know this. Mm. I may not understand it 100%, but I'm grateful to know it and I'm working it, you know? <laughs> I'm working it. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is definitely important. Let's take a break. The other thing that you wanted to talk about is co-creation and yes. cooperation and yes. maybe corporations. And we will pick that up after the break. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand. That's right. You can take it at your own pace, 
anytime you want. All of the information is at bethelight.com. That's b-the-light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons, broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice, there are experiential activities and exercises, and at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at bethelight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and yeah. We're talking willpower and control and co-creation. And before we came on the podcast, we're talking a little smack about co-creation. Like people put the word co in front of anything and it suddenly makes it different. So talk about that a little bit because I have some thoughts, but I want to make sure that I'm counterpointing the right point. Okay. So I don't know if we did understand it. This is what I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is what I mean. I think that word co is really, really important. We're co-creators. And I encounter conversations with people that feel that that's taking on too much divine power to say we are co-creators is all about God. But let's skip over that. Co is important to me because it means partnership. It just simply means that I'm not in this by myself. So that's a trigger for me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the spiritual gifts and the body of Christ. And those who know me know that I have sometimes not been the you know, best cooperative student because I'm a thinker. And if you tell me something and it doesn't fly, I'm going to ask you why. And in 1 Corinthians, the gifts are listed, but they are not ranked. We rank them in terms of what's important pastor, teacher, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, co means it takes all of everybody to make it work. So as a co-creator, there is the divine who is the creator, and then I'm the co-part. <laughs> I get in there and work with divine power, you know, or mm -hmm. you could flip it however you want. It's a partnership that makes the whole engine work. Yes. And, and, and that's my perception of it. But I find that a resistance from some to be the co-part. Okay. It's either well, I, I'm the all or I'm the none. Right. And that's why we're talking about this in the episode about willpower. Because the creative process that I described at the top of the episode, that there's one creative power that creates everything. It's a principle. It's like mm -hmm. gravity or electricity it doesn't care who flips the light switch. It doesn't care whether you're dropping a rubber ball or a valuable Chinese vase. It's going to get accelerated down towards Earth at exactly the same rate of acceleration, and the same thing is going to happen regardless of who did the dropping or what the stuff is. It's a principle, and it's always at work. So the whole creative process is the same thing. There is an intention 
there is a conscious intention of let there be. So, you know, let there be falling yes. ball, yes, let yes. there be a fabulous party, whatever it is, whatever we come up with in mind, we set the intention for that to happen. And then that's what's activating the creative law. So, and the law doesn't say that I don't want to have a party like that. You know, I don't want to have a surprise mm -hmm. party with Chinese food. What I'd rather do is have an elegant party with butler hors d'oeuvres. The law is not going to argue. When we set the intention, the law responds. Mm -hmm. And it responds by corresponding. So if we have a very strong held belief, and that's what we're using to activate that creative law, then it activates really strong and really fast and very powerfully. And if we're sort of wiffle waffling and we're not sure we want to do, and it's like, I think I might want to have a party and it's coming up on Saturday. So, you know, what do I want? The law will respond by having all of that indecision happen. <laughs> and it will not have a fabulous happy party because we're not clear on exactly what it is we want to have happen. Mm -hmm. So when we are clear, when we understand what is next for us and set that as an intention and then get ourselves out of the way, the creative law is responding to it. And since we are co-creators, we're all co-creators. So I can have an idea and you can have an idea and Bobby can have an idea and this other one can have an idea. And we are all very powerful in our thinking or controlling or our willpower. And so we're all putting different things into that creative law. And what mm -hmm. that creates is chaos because we're all intending something different. And there's this continuous moving around of the pieces as we have an experience of what everybody has been believing showing up in everybody's life. Because uh, if you desire for, you know, to have a wonderful high-rise building put up in this lot and somebody else wants to have it turned into a park, there's a conflict. Both of those things are getting put into that same creative law. And something maybe eventually is going to get built on that space or developed on that space. But it's not necessarily what you say or what the other person says. It's going to be an unfolding of the process as we go through several cycles of changing our intention and revising the, the input that we're giving to that creative law until something gets created or doesn't. Mm -hmm. So then in a collective that you spoke about, it would make sense that we take time to see what we really believe about a certain thing. Because as you were speaking, I was thinking about some things that just kind of not going the way I would like them to go. <laughs> And and I don't get upset about it anymore. You know, if I do the upset, this lasts about three nanoseconds. And I'll say, wait a minute. Now, what exactly are you praying about? And what exactly do you believe? You know, because you could say a yeah, but, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. but. Or you pray for one thing and think you believe in the yeah, Well, you know, this is probably going to. That's where the thing breaks down. So then if you have a collective there and there are people in the group that our minds are divided that way. Like, how does anything ever get done? And we're not in this thing alone. You know, it's all about the collective thinking, collective energy, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there are good neighborhoods and bad neighborhoods. And it's possible for somebody who lives in a bad, dangerous neighborhood to be completely safe and never have a problem. And it's possible for somebody who lives in a nice, safe neighborhood to continuously have their stuff stolen off of their front porch and, you know, their car vandalized and all the rest of that. So it's not that it all automatically happens just because of one thing. 
there's a lot of consciousness that goes on that's individual to us and it fits into a much greater fabric. So when we talk about cooperation, when we're having opinions and desires that are completely at odds with each other, then what's going to come about is a conflict. And we get to work out our conflict before anything gets created. And sometimes there's a power play because there's somebody who's going to, it's what they say is what's going to be activating the process because everyone believes that they're in a position of decision-making, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get to have a discussion about maybe they shouldn't be in that position. And that's how we jockey for position. And that is very much something that happens in the world. But there is one creative power that's creating everything and it is responding to conscious intention. And when the clarity comes in the conscious intention, the stuff shows up. The powerful thing is that it is much less likely that we're going to be able to create a particular event or situation or experience than to be able to create an environment for that sort of thing or for the space where we're going to be able to have the feeling of whatever that good thing is that we wanted. So if I decide that on Saturday I want to go for a picnic in the park with my friend Mary. And I want to do that on Saturday. And the reason that I want to do that is because I want to spend time with Mary and I want to be casual with her and I want to really enjoy nature and have a fun time and be connected. So if I set the intention that it's got to be Mary and the park and the picnic basket and Saturday and sunshine, there's a lot of pieces that need to come together in order for that to happen. So Mm -hmm. maybe it's a Saturday in April and it would be better for there to be showers, you know, Mayflowers and stuff that's, you know, that might just be in the cards, in which case I get to be disappointed because I didn't get exactly what I wanted. On the other hand, if my real intention is to be able to spend time with my good friend and connect and go deeper and be in nature, then maybe it'll turn out that there's a gazebo someplace and we can sit there during a thunderstorm you know, sipping hot tea and having a wonderful time connecting with each other and being completely isolated, even though it's pouring and we can't be in a picnic. So I get to have the feeling, even though the circumstance and the situation is different. The story came up just you know, last week with a friend of mine who wanted to take his granddaughters to a carnival and wanted the weather to cooperate because he wanted to have a good time with them. But he's in this teaching enough that he knew that what he wanted to do was to have a wonderful, uplifting experience with his granddaughters. And it was pouring rain. And it turns out that there was a play at the children's theater and they went and saw that and had a great time at the play. And there's also some stuff that their mom was doing and going to the play and working through that actually brought a lot more uplift to everybody than just going to the carnival the way they had thought. So when we let go of our attachment to being in control of the things Mm -hmm. and we are more comfortable with the experience that we're inviting, game on couple of ways to approach the same thing, you know, and I get that. I think if you're not that deep and you don't, you don't know about all of that, you can just say, listen, this is what I want to happen and understand that we're not in control of all the pieces. So, you know, I'm a planner, right? You know that. Mm-hmm. I know that. And uh, I'll plan it to the last, whatever. But I leave this much room <laughs> for it not to be the way I planned it to be and be okay with that, Mm -hmm. you know, just all right with it. It took a lot, you know, to get that way without being like thoroughly pissed because it didn't work out after I (laughs) planned it all. (laughs) I put all that effort and all that thought into it. Why didn't you go my way? Why didn't it go my way? And so then I'm looking at what did I do wrong? No, I didn't do anything wrong. It's that 
I'm not the only one in this. There's mm -hmm. a lot of things that, you know, work together, a lot of moving parts, and I'm just one of them. You know, I might think I'm the main one, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have fun with that if I want. But at the end of the whole thing, I understand that I'm not. And I think that for me, it's spirit. I'm working with spirit. Spirit's working with me, whichever way you want to look at it. I have some intention, but I don't have the last, not necessarily the last word, but I just don't stamp it. You know, it could be because others involved might have something else going on. Yep. I yep. try to talk to everybody to make sure they're doing it what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you, you've been a pastor in these denominations that are big and all, you know, hierarchical, you have three meetings about the meetings, about the meetings, about the meetings. So by the time you get to the main meeting, you pretty much know everybody's going to be doing what you intend, you hope. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even <laughs> even with that. That's the magic of organized religion. And the refreshing thing about New Thought is that we are not organized religion. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> but we're just not. <laughs> but is that something to aspire to? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And there's a great saying that I think sums it all up, which is that we get to let go of the how and open to the wow. And when we put aside the need for the details to be this way, then something that's so much more spectacular than we would have planned happens, then we not only get to enjoy it, but we can, after the fact, maybe pat ourselves on the back and take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, you know what? I am painfully slow in making decisions now. I've always been that way. You know, I'm gonna think it through like a dozen different times, a dozen different ways. But then it's stepping back and saying, you know what, look at the possibilities here. I'll try to make a decision against the what I might think are negative possibilities. So that's what I think co-creating is. You know, mm -hmm. you're in it. You're in the game. There are things for us to do, you know, but what is that next divine right step? What is that right thing for us to do? Psalm says the steps of a good person are ordered by the Lord or law are, you know, the divine is in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah. The divine is in there everywhere. Let's take another break and then a prayer on opening to new possibilities and the wow. Wow. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b-the-light.com. That's b-the-light.com.
Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol, here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, having a majorly wonderful, majorly wonderful discussion. Yeah, willpower and control and co-creation and cooperation and chaos. And that has teed up a wonderful practical prayer that we get to do. And this is one of those fundamental practical prayers, because what we're going to do is invite in the wow. Let go of the how and invite in the wow. It's a combination of guidance of the infinite telling us what's ours and surrender, which is us letting go of telling the infinite how to do it. And it's opening the possibilities. And it works differently. It's the process works the same for everybody, but the experiences that we have are different. Everyone gets to have our own experience. Because when we're creating some new wow, my wow could be different than Carol's wow, than somebody else's wow. So what we get to do is turn away from the details and the specifics in the world around us. That's the experience that it has been up until now. We get to close our eyes to that, not to pretend that it doesn't exist, but simply so that we can turn and open to some new possibility. There is a grander possibility than everything we've experienced up until now. That infinite creative power that creates everything, that has created the galaxies and the stars and the planets and the particles and the people and the places and every moment, everything that has ever existed, everything that exists now, and everything that is yet to be is that one presence taking its own particular form. We are all that divine God stuff right here and right now. And as we acknowledge that that's the truth of what we are, as we open to the possibilities that that creative law brings into our experience, as we let go of our need to control, as we surrender the willpower activities that we've done where we might have tried to muscle things into position, as we let go of that, as we become more fully present and aware of that divine creative power, we can invite in the guidance. That infinite creative intelligence, the one that creates everything, that divine intelligence that knows everything, that one mind, which is the mind with which we think. We are each individualizations of that one. So the mind that we're thinking with is our experience of the infinite mind. And what's known anywhere can be known everywhere, can be known to us, and that guidance is available. So as we open to new possibilities, as we let go of the how and open ourselves to the wow, that infinite creative power is creating something fabulous and new and wonderful bringing the tone and feeling and flavor to our lives, to our experience that we're desiring. And the more we let go of the specifics of what it ought to look like or how it ought to work, and the more we open ourselves up to that wonderful, wow experience showing up in whatever way it's going to, we are activating that creative power and giving it tremendous leeway in bringing that good into our lives. It is not for me to decide how it's going to work but I get to decide how I'm going to feel, what it's going to be like, what the experience holds. And so each of us is a co-creator in this process, opening up to that newness, surrendering attachment, and allowing the infant to create something fabulous. And it does, and it does. This good is underway now, in a different way for each of us. I'm so grateful for it. I'm grateful for the good. I'm grateful for the awareness of the law. I'm grateful to be able to speak this word of intention and release it into that creative law that creates everything and to know without any question whatsoever that it is now creating this. This good is underway now. 
for each of us and for all of us. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.